0: So I was thinking of, uh, about what I was going to discuss with you guys today, speak on, and as a as a pastor, one of the great privileges that we have, and really it, it is a privilege and it's an honor because you almost don't feel worthy most of the time, but you have the opportunity to really speak into people's lives and, and to really sit with them and get to know Behind the scenes, what's really going on in their family and just all the aspects of their lives, and be able to give direction and encouragement and guidance and leadership. And it's an amazing, amazing privilege and honor. And uh, every time I always find myself, you know, coming before the Lord, and I'm not really looking necessarily for what kind of great advice I have, but really just looking to say, what, God, what do you have to say to this person? Because really, that's what I feel like. I feel like an ambassador. You know, like I've been put in a great position of of leadership or guidance by God to be able to to transfer some of His amazing truths and guidance and direction to people uh, in moments of time. You know, not that they don't receive that from God themselves, but it's just a great privilege and an honor. But I come to God all the time. You know, what do you have to say? To this person, or what do what do you want to see happen in this situation? And almost like I'm kind of just waiting for something, you know, that God can give that we can can be able to bring uh, life into a situation. And one of the things that I always sort of leave people with is I always tell them you need to seek God, you need to pray, and you need to hear from God yourself on this. You need to let God speak to you. You know, because I really believe that. I mean, I'm just a man. I, I believe I'm saying in times what God is telling me to say, but I want people to hear from God because I know what that does for me when I hear from him. And so I really encourage and charge people with that, with that mandate when they walk away. But it occurred to me more recently, I suppose, um, I never had thought too much about it, but as, as I say that, as I leave people with that challenge so often, go and pray and and hear from God and seek Him, I started to wonder that sometimes do people really understand what I'm saying? Do they really, you know, I mean, people kind of like nod their head, yeah, okay, great, you know, and I know a lot of people do, but there. I think that there are times where people may think, well, I don't know, you know, I mean, hear from God, like, and then they walk away, and then I wonder later on, did they really do that, or did they really hear from God in the situation, and uh and I, th- I think about this because hearing the voice of God, to me, is such an important part of walking out this Christian life. You know, we, we have so many things that come against us or that we deal with on a regular basis. And for me personally, relying on the voice of God to lead and direct my steps is my greatest uh, at my greatest strength, you know, to help me move forward in this life. And so if people are possibly confused about hearing the voice of God, which I believe that there are many Christians that are, that would say, well, you know, I don't really know if I'm hearing God's voice or if I'm really just, you know, thinking something in my head. And it and, and started to occur to me, like, how important that really is that people grasp hearing the voice of God clearly And to the point where if you're not sure that God spoke to you, then that changes the direction or or changes the way that you walk things out. Because when you know God has spoken, then it elevates your faith. And your faith applied to the situation is what really moves the power of God in your life. And so if you're questioning, did God really say that or was that me? Or there's there's kind of this back and forth struggle all the time about that. Then there's got to be a lack of faith in situations. Because if you don't know it was really God, why would you have faith to do something that God said to do? Does that kind of make sense? And so I want to talk about just hearing the voice of God in your life. Now, I want to set this up properly because I, this is a, the type of message or subject that I, I really, quite frankly, to be honest with you, feel just sort of like a kid treading water in, in the shallow places of this thing. It, it's so deep and so vast that... I, I'm not going to come up here and act like we're going to preach a message on this and it's going to even scratch the surface of what's to discover or the depths of what God has provided or shown us even in his word about this thing. So I, I want to set that up properly from the beginning. I'm approaching this thing very, very humbly, but my, my, my feeling, my, my uh, you know, just passion for this that I believe God laid on my heart is to hopefully somehow open up for all of us and in some little way, the, the passion for wanting to hear the voice of God and possibly for being able to hear it more clearly than we did before. That's, that's really what my heart is because I know what it'll do for us if we can accomplish that. So let's pray. Father, we ask you to just come and, and just deliver your word of truth to us as you would have us to hear it. God, I pray that you would anoint my words. Holy Spirit, speak through me. I am just your, your humble vessel here, hoping to impart exactly what you've laid on my heart to the people as I believe you chose for it to be today. Just speak to us, God. We desire to hear from you and hear from you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So let me begin by saying that uh, hearing the voice of God is something that you can see from Scripture was part of God's original plan for mankind. He desired to have the kind of relationship with us from the very beginning that was one of such that He would communicate with us on an open, in an open way, on a continual basis in our walk through life. You can go back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when God first created man. And you can see that there was open conversation between man and God. He was speaking to them in the garden on what seems to be from Genesis a pretty regular and open basis all the time. Then the fall came and that kind of changed everything about God's relationship with man when Adam and Eve sinned. We won't get into that, but the idea being that the way God communicated uh, sort of changed a bit after that point. It says, if you look through the Old Testament, that God spoke to men uh, by the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you look at 2 Peter 1.21, it says prophecy, which we know that prophets were positioned in Old Testament times in uh, Israel to lead the people of God, to lead them towards the things that God had for them. And it says here that prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved. By the Holy Spirit. So God was still communicating, maybe in a slightly different way than in the garden, but He was communicating with man in ways that He saw fit in such a way that what His voice spoke and the words He delivered provided direction and power and clarity to advance the will of God and the kingdom of heaven on earth and in men's lives. He also spoke in an audible voice at times. We know that whenever we examine. uh, the burning bush with Moses and Abraham heard the audible voice of God. There were times that God saw fit to, to communicate that way, and uh, not necessarily just by the way we see with the prophets through uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And then, and then Christ Jesus comes to this earth, the Son of God, and He communicates just like you and I communicate. Face to face. This is God speaking to man, delivering his words to man to give them direction, to give them life, and to give them hope. And then Jesus departs from this earth and he leaves and he sends the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to be able to communicate with us so that we could continue to hear the voice of God clearly. In fact, if you read uh, John 16, Verses 12 and 13, we'll put that up there. Jesus said to them, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. So Jesus was saying right here, I'm not done speaking to you. There's a lot of things that we can we can extract from this. But one of the things that he's saying, he's giving a very clear message. Hey, I'm speaking to you now. I'm I'm talking to you, buddy. I'm speaking right here in person. Right. But when I'm gone, I'm not done speaking. I'm not. It's not finished. It's not over. It's not ending. There's going to continue to be open communication between us, between God and man. And we know that in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So what my point is to just opening all of this up is to say that God has been speaking to man since the beginning and he has never stopped. So the idea that we can hear from God and hear the voice of God and that he desires to communicate with us, his children, has always been the case and always will be the case. Right. And so just trying to build that as a foundation. So how how do we hear the voice of God uh, clearly? And this is the part where I, I get to like how I opened it up, where I say, look, I, I just try to set myself up, set this up properly and tell you that there's so much of this uh, that we can that, that we haven't even begin began to get into, you know, in the word of hearing the voice of God. In fact, when I was studying on this, I thought this was interesting. There were a lot of different things out there about hearing the voice of God from very, very uh, intelligent theologians, well-respected students of the word. And, uh, you know, they're basically giving their best uh, encouragement or instruction on how we can hear the voice of God clearly in our lives and uh, one of them was the four keys to hearing the voice of God clearly I thought this would be interesting there's only four ways okay great so I read through that and then I went down a little further and some of the resources and there's another person that's very well respected and his was seven keys on hearing the voice of God clearly um So, you know, look, I don't know how you could, as Pastor Rick says, I I don't know how you could even put a list together and say, here's how you do it. But there were some really good points in a lot of that stuff. You know, one of them talked about how the voice of God is not a voice of condemnation. So if you're feeling condemned, then you're probably not hearing the voice of God clearly. I mean, I I agree with that. That's in Scripture, you know. Another one I thought was kind of interesting. They said... uh, if you're tired and exhausted, you know, don't try to hear from the voice of God. You know, go to sleep, get rest, and then maybe when you wake up, you can hear from God a little bit more clearly. And, and this was a very well-respected theologian, you know. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you could uh, look at things and say, well, some of these work and some of these don't. And a lot of that is just from man's personal experience of walking with God through their life and hearing the voice of God over and over and over again and trying to give Uh, shed light on the idea of this. But the important thing is is that the heart of of people is to help others hear the voice of God more clearly in their life, to be able to be led and be directed by it. And so when I think about hearing the voice of God and I think about the way I've heard him speak to me over these years that I've walked with him, one of the things that I think about is I kind of relate it to, uh, let's say, my own wife or my kids, you know, and the way that I can recognize their voice. Uh, for example, whenever Annalise and Alyssa were babies, they're twins, okay? From the very beginning, this is really cool. You know, the kids, they cry, of course, whenever they're in their in their cribs or whatever, so we would take, they shared a room, we would take them up, we would put them in their cribs, and they were on the same schedule, and so we would be downstairs, and they're upstairs, and then you'd start to hear a voice crying, you know, and and so, of course, when a baby's crying, you go up and tend to them, but it wasn't very long before Katie and I both, when the voice would start to cry, we actually could tell which child it was. Elissa or Annalise, by just the, the pitch and the tone and the volume, I mean, I don't, you know, you get what I'm saying, it was just the uniqueness to that, but it was because we, it was just being around it enough and consistently enough, didn't take a long time, but it took a little bit of time to get used to it enough to where we could recognize their voice and which one it was Immediately. And we were rarely ever wrong about that because we would play games. We'd guess, which one is it, which one is it, you know. And, and, and we were rarely ever wrong about that. I'm talking about when they're just a couple months old. And even now, I think about, you know, I get to come to church and I've got my family with me. And, you know, my kids, they're not exactly quiet, okay. I mean, they like to yell. And, and so we're after or before service when there's a lot of commotion going on. Uh, whenever one of the kids yells my name, I... Almost immediately can pick it up. In the midst of all of this noise and, and distraction or clutter, you know, whatever you want to call it, all these things are going on. There's a lot of noises in the air. But whenever the voice of one of my kids echoes through the air, it's almost like I'm tuned into that frequency where I immediately can pick it up, and I know, wait a minute, Bella is looking for me, and I'm looking, I don't even see her, but I hear her, and I'm looking around, and I find her, and, you know, to tend to whatever that that need may be, and and so we, we the posture in how we hear God's voice, I find to be very similar in the regard that, The more consistently we are with God, the more consistently we spend time with him, the more we have heard his voice, the more in tune to that frequency we become, and the more likely we are to pause and silence the noise of everything around us to tune in to what we just, oh wait, God spoke, oh wait, God is speaking right now. You know, God doesn't always speak when you're sitting there in quiet time waiting to hear from him when you need something. I mean, it's just God. He speaks when he wants to speak. And so we've got to be in tune to that frequency, which we can only be if we've spent time with our Father, if we've been around him enough to know, hey, pause everything. God is speaking. God has got something to say. And we can tune into that frequency and we can begin to hear what the voice of our Heavenly Father is wishing to impart to us. Pick your, turn in your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, I'm just going to read through verses 11 and 12, but really quickly. This is the story of Elijah, and this is after the, the miracle of God happens on Mount Carmel, whenever God shows up in fire and, uh, and basically just totally defeats all the prophets of Baal and shows that they're worshiping a false god. There were hundreds of them, Right. And, and then Elijah, he's worshiping the true God, and they kind of go to get put to this test. And they worship to their God, and he's supposed to show up and do something on the altar with fire if, if he's real and nothing ever happens. And then Elijah worships to the true God, uh, and he shows up and burns everything off of the altar. Everybody begins to worship God, and then they sacrifice all of these prophets of Baal. They, they, they kill them off. You know, they put them to death. Because they're leading the people astray. But what happens after that is kind of where we go in this scripture. Uh, Elijah, he's this man of faith in this moment, right? Where he basically uh, reveals the power of the one true God. But then afterwards, after things kind of settle... Like they do a lot of times in our life. The dust sort of settles. Maybe the time goes forward a little bit. And Jezebel, the queen, she gets really frustrated because the prophets of Baal, they were like her people, you know. She was the one endorsing them. And so she gets really frustrated and upset after, I think, this reality sets in. Uh, And she puts a threat out to Elijah that she's going to basically have him killed, you know, or she's going to kill him. And Elijah flees. He gets scared, which this is a really... This is interesting to me. I mean, one moment he's bringing the power of God in front of everybody, and everybody worships God. And then he hears that Jezebel wants to kill him, and he flees. So he flees to the, to the mountains, and he's scared for his life. He even prays that God would like take his life. That's how much uh, in fear he was. And so let's just go ahead and say that he's being led at this point by his flesh or by his own emotions. He's not being led, he's not hearing the voice of God. That's not what's directing him into this place. And so when he gets there, God shows up and chooses to speak to him. But when he does, he does it in a really interesting way. He does it in such a way where he intentionally teaches him a lesson about hearing the voice of God. And hearing it clearly, and the significance of being led by the voice of God and not by other things. And so this is what it says, starting in verse 11. Then he said, this is God speaking to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Because he was in the cave hiding. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the the fire, a still small voice. So God is basically saying to Elijah, all of these things that would normally capture your attention, these magnificent occurrences of, you know, wind and fire and earthquake, the things that for most of us would grab our attention and cause us to look at the magnificence of what's going on or the, the, the it's very loud in our lives or whatever it is. He's saying all that stuff. I'm not in it, but I'm, I'm in the still small voice. And if you look at in the Hebrew, the way that it describes the still small voice, one of the ways that it interprets that is as a gentle whisper. God is communicating to him in a gentle whisper. And not in all of these loud, distracting, what seem to be very magnificent occurrences and things that are happening around him. And I believe that God was teaching him a very specific lesson. If you turn your head to and fro and to the left and to the right at all of the things that the world finds to be very attractive or very uh, stunning or captivating or just is engulfed in if you look at those things and you're looking for something out of those things or you're you're so in tune to that that you're going to miss the gentle whisper of my voice when I'm choosing to communicate and when I'm speaking to you. Because when I come and I'm speaking to you I'm not screaming and I'm not yelling and I'm not doing I'm not going to always do these massive things and open up to heavens when I want to just speak a word to you. I want to just gently whisper in your ear and I want you to be postured in such a way that you're in tune to the frequency of that so that whenever I do no matter what kind of earthquakes or tornadoes or fires or anything else in your life are happening you have the ability to silence them and tune into the frequency of the gentle whisper of God and let it pierce through all of the noise and distraction that's happening in the world around you and allow that to lead you and direct your steps so that you will walk in the path that I have prepared for you He even said to Elijah just a few verses before that, he, he, when he opened up the, the communication with him to bring him out of the cave, he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Right. What are you doing here? Obviously, he was not being led by the voice of God. He wasn't being his steps weren't being directed by where God was having him go. Or God wouldn't have had to ask him that. Now, clearly, God knows everything. So he says that intentionally to prove a point. Right. We will find ourselves in places if we are not in tune to the voice of God, we will find ourselves in places where God didn't necessarily direct us or intend for us to go. And in this situation, God is kind of turning him around and taking him back to the path and getting him back on course to where it is that he wants him to go. And I know I've been in that place before. I know I've been in moments where I find myself in situations where uh, I was maybe I just wasn't listening for God's voice or maybe I just took some steps in a direction based on my own emotions or my own feelings. But whenever I kind of get myself back in a position to hear from God and he speaks to me and that's whenever it begins to give clarity to the direction where I need to go. John 16, verse 13. Jesus was talking about, uh, we just went through these scriptures a minute ago when he was talking about the helper coming and uh, how he wasn't going to be with them forever and how he was going to continue to speak to them and where he says that he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Now, I find this very interesting because This is in Greek, right? And then the still small voice from 1 Kings 19, that's in Hebrew. And in the Greek, if you look at the meaning behind the word speak, right? He will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak of the things that he hears. That word, if you look at the uh, the breakdown of that meaning, one of the meanings of that or interpretations is to whisper. So the still small voice that Elijah was hearing however many thousands of years ago It's still the same kind of gentle whisper that the Holy Spirit uses to communicate, or how he communicates, I should say, to us when he's delivering the message of what God is trying to tell us, what he wants to reveal to us, and then confirming in our spirit. And really, God shouldn't have to scream to get our attention, right? I mean, quite frankly, he's god and he created us and a creator understands how the thing he creates works and what it needs and so he shouldn't have to yell or scream or do all of these crazy amazing things in front of us in our life to get our attention we we should be in a posture all the time where we're always looking to just be in tune and and hooked up to the frequency of what God is wanting to say to us so that whenever the gentle whisper comes throughout the moments in our day, you know, you hear about people that say, well, I was doing something and God just told me I needed to go to this other place. Well, I I was in this place and God just told me I needed to give this person some money. Or I was doing this and God just said this. Or I was doing this and God just says that. How do you hear that? How do you hear that in the midst of a busy, crazy, typical day of life that we go through? Simple, you're in tune. You're in tune to the frequency. Whenever that whisper echoes through the air, you just sort of tune right into it. It's just, you turn and you just grab onto it, and you begin to be fixated on that, and that alone, and everything else is really just the circumstance of the surroundings that you're in. God's voice is what begins to penetrate loudly, but in a whisper through the air of your life. It's just like the psalmist said in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Be still. We have to bring ourselves to a place of stillness when God is speaking, not necessarily physical stillness, although that can't hurt, but in a sense of stillness of, where our mind and our attention and our heart and everything is turned to. And we need to allow that to turn to God, turn to the heavens and begin to be totally uh, in tune to just receiving and hearing whatever it is that God is wanting to say to us. And whenever God does speak, you know, one of the things that people, like I said in the beginning, will sometimes say is that I have a hard time, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's God or I don't know if it's, if it's just me or whatever. And I would say that that's, that's really not the way God intends for that to happen. Okay, I mean, we're people, we're human, so we are going to have to wrestle with that. But that's really not the way God intends for it to be. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So, God doesn't desire to communicate in such a way that leaves us in mystery or guessing or wondering. That is not the way God intends for it to be. Now, we rest in this, our spirits live in this fleshly tent, and so we deal with all this stuff of the flesh. So, we wrestle with that. I get it, okay? I do too. But what I'm getting at is that that's not the way God intended for his communication to fall on our spiritual ears. And if you listen to the voice of God, one of the things you can be sure of is that it will always, Hold true to His Word. It will never in any way contradict anything that God has said in His Holy Word. And it will always be true to His character. These are things that you can hold up Is truth that when you hear what you believe could be the voice of God speaking to you, that if it, if it defies any of these tests, that it doesn't hold true to the word or it isn't in the character of God, nature, love, peace, joy, all of those things, then you can, you can be sure that you're probably not hearing the voice of God in those moments. And we can be sure that if we do follow What we believe is God's voice when he's speaking to us. I have so often had this happen that, okay, God, I believe that I'm hearing from you, or I believe that this is what you would have me to do. That when we move in that, if we are off, if we have missed the mark, but our heart is to do the will of our Father and to him to have his way in us, then God is faithful in the way in such a way he will not allow us to take too many steps, see, off course, <laughs> off course of where he's having us to go before he speaks to us to turn us. Just like Elijah. Right? Getting into the mountains. He didn't allow him to go into death. He didn't allow him to get to that point before he turned him around and got him back on track to the place that he would have him to go. And God is so faithful that way where he will check us and he will show us, hey, okay, I'm moving forward. God, And if this isn't you, you know, I don't want to do it, but I believe this is the way to go. And as we walk forward in that path, that if God if we're off the mark, God will show up. There will not be the peace that exists when we walk and rest in the spirit. And so that would lift off of us as we move out. And we'll sense that, uh-oh, and we will let the voice of God bring us back and the direction of God back to where we need to be. You know, Pastor Donna, she often tells a story. And I, this is one of the best examples that I can give of this. She talks about whenever she was going to marry uh, Pastor Rick and years and years ago, and God had told her that she was going to marry a pastor. And Pastor Rick at that time was not a pastor, and... and Publicly said, I want nothing to do with pastoring. But Donna, Pastor Donna, loved him, and you know she—they he wanted to marry her, and so she was wrestling with this because it doesn't look like what God said, right? And so, but God didn't say not to do it, so she sort of gave it to God and said, "God, I feel that this is the right thing to do. I love this man, but if this isn't your will, please, God, don't let me." And so she had a faith about her. She moved forward, and then the end of the story, of course, you know, Pastor Rick is a pastor, and all that played out, of course to hold true to what God had originally said to her. But she knew if she was walking in a direction that was not going to be the will of God, she had a faith about her that God would speak to her at the time he needed to or that God would bring her back on course. And so we have a faith about us that we know, God, if our heart is to do his will, that we're going to hear his voice, not necessarily when we want to hear it every time, but when we need to hear it as the Father sees fit for us. Amen? Amen. And as we do continue to do that more and more frequently in our lives, what I have found is that by doing that and taking those steps, we begin to just become more and more and more in tune to what the voice is and what it sounds like and when he speaks. And there, there's this point, I feel, that, it's almost like a shift where if you, as you spent enough time with God and you've heard his voice enough, you've walked in faith enough with him, it's almost like there's a shift that goes from hearing and wondering to hearing and knowing. It's just from being with him enough, right? I, I couldn't pick up the voice of someone that I just met once or twice in a crowd, but I can pick up the voice of my kids, and I can pick up the voice from my close friends In the noise and the distraction of a crowded room. Because I've been around them enough. And I've heard them enough. And I've listened to them enough. And I'm in tune enough to that. And as we walk with God and listen and hear his voice. And take steps of faith according to what his voice is telling us. Then we will become more and more and more in tune to that frequency. And we will begin to be directed. And we will go from maybe more of the time wondering if that was God to more of the time knowing. I'm not saying you're ever gonna 100% of it always know that was God, I don't think so. But I believe that you will more often than not be in certainty and in faith that you heard the voice of your Father and there will be a certain faith that exists as you walk out the direction of what it is that he spoke to you to do or the direction that he has called you to go. There's a lot of natural noise in the world around us. It's just the nature of the world that we live in. But the beautiful thing is, is on the spiritual wavelength, there's only one noise, and that's God. God communicates by the Spirit. And so in the world, there's all kinds of noises and all kinds of things that grab our ear. But on the, what, speaking to our spirit, is only God traveling on that spiritual wavelength. If you go to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 through 12, it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. And so the Holy Spirit is resting and living in each one of us. And God is revealing to us the things that he would Uh, want us to know, and he's speaking to us, and he's communicating through that channel or through that process, if you will, Uh, and there's no other noise that is going to happen on the spiritual frequency, if you will, that we would ever tune into and hear. That's only God that's communicating by his Holy Spirit. God is speaking to us all the time through his word you know the bible says in john 663 jesus said my words are spirit and they are life. So it's a living word. So when we pick up God's word and we begin to read and discover the truths of his character and who he is and his instruction for how to walk out a life and get to know him better, those words are always alive and living. It's not like we're reading a book that was written a few thousand years ago and just trying to get in tune to what the author was thinking or wanting us to know at the time. This is a living word that's alive today. So when you... You're in you always think about this. If you were reading something that someone else wrote at a different time while you're reading it, you're going to respond differently than if the person is there speaking it to you right now. So, when you read the Word of God, how do you view that? Do you view that as you're reading something that was just written years ago? Or do you view that as God is there speaking to you in the moment, right now, communicating what it is that he wants you to know about him? Because that's what his word is, is. it's a living word that's always alive and as we go to the word with a heart to know God and discover him, we always hear from him right there in the moment and it's alive and living in our midst. So when God speaks to us, it establishes things in us. It establishes things in us. It's like they begin to be uh, constructed and put in place in our spirit to stay forever. It establishes things that are from heaven, that are truths according to our creator, that begin to uh, equip us and strengthen us to walk out this life that he's prepared us for differently than before those things were established. So because of that, hearing from God on a regular basis is a desire and a passion that we should all have All the time, we should always be desiring and yearning to hear from our Heavenly Father so that more of the things of God can become established in our life and in us as we move forward. And it just, as it does, it confirms and reveals more and more of who God is and the plans that He has for our lives in us. It brings clarity and direction into focus and it cancels all other options. Once you've heard from God clearly, anything that would oppose that is canceled out and is no longer a consideration or an option if you accept that in faith and walk on it in faith ever again for the rest of your life. When you've heard God tell you that you're healed or when you've heard God tell you that he's gonna bless you, or you've heard God tell you that he's gonna bring your child out of that situation, whatever it is, when you've heard God speak it and you know it was your father, it cancels all other options. You don't necessarily need to know how it's going to work out. You may not know, but you know that it cancels any other possibility than the one that God proclaimed to you, declared to you, or whispered in your ear. When I was praying just here a little while back, I was studying and for this message and just really seeking to get the, the deep things of God, you know, revealed to me in this, and this is one of the things Pastor Rick was talking a, a few weeks ago, and he said how, you know, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, can be in communication with our spirit even when our body is at rest. Like, you know, the physical body can be at rest or sleeping, but the spirit can still communicate to our spirit. And that was just, oh man, so, aw- so awesome. And I was praying, and I was like, God, you know, just impart to me. Speak to me, God. I just want to hear from you. Anything, you know? And one of the things that he showed me was absolutely, I mean, it just changed almost everything for me and the way I was approaching this. He showed me, God said, you know, my son, you have a tendency when you begin to hear the voice of God, and you can hear my voice, but when you begin to hear it, you have a tendency to want to take that first good cup you get and try to go put it to use somewhere. Like you're looking for who you can give that cup to or, or how you can fit that into a lesson or who, who needs that right now. And so you begin to go from receiving to immediately trying to apply what I've just spoken to you. And not that that's bad, But what what he said to me next was what changed the whole thing. He said, if you will just sit and wait when I speak to you and allow me to continue to fill that well and just fill it up as full as I want to get it, then you'll have enough cups for every moment that you ever need to give someone a cup or dip a cup for yourself for every situation that you're ever going to run into. And so what he was showing me is that sometimes, many times, I, like I believe probably many, we begin to hear the voice of God and we hear something that's, and when you hear from God, I mean, it's God. So it's, it's just different. I mean, right? It's powerful and it changes you. But sometimes just out of exhilaration, we, we can just move out from under the spigot of his pouring in and begin to try to just use it right away. And the thing is, is when God is speaking and when he's imparting, we need to be in a posture to just sit and tarry and rest and allow that full impart- departure, that full impartation of what he's wanting to give us to just play its course and to just rush into us. And then he showed me how in Proverbs 14 it says, wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. So. There's so many things that God is wanting to speak and show us and tell us, but so much of it is not necessarily for you to turn around and use right now. So much of what God is going to say to you throughout your days all the time, is just going to fill your well. It's just going to fill you up with the wisdom of God, with the truths of God, with the joy and the peace and the all of the wonderful treasures that his voice brings to us. And just fill your well full so that when you need a cup or someone else needs a cup, you can go dip and that thing's gonna be filled to the point of overflowing. So we have to really learn the difference in the receiving aspect and the application aspect. Many times God speaks to us but then what we do with it is not of Him. It's not His instruction. And its I get it. It's just exhilaration. It's just excitement and zeal. But God, if He speaks to you, you can be sure that there's going to be a peace and a sense of, of even instruction about what to do with it in the time that it needs to be done. And so I just encourage you to... Tune into the voice of God. Get, a, get an ear for, get it for his voice and to hear it because he wants to speak to you all the time and begin to receive what he wants to say. And don't too often do like what I've been doing many times, which is turning around as soon as that cup gets filled up and running off to do something with it when God is sitting here with the spigot still running and wants to just keep pouring in.